1: It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: This podcast on 97.3
3: The Fan is brought to you by Hamul Casino, San Diego's closest casino. Real close,
0: real friendly, real fun. Is everybody in?
4: this morning with the news that the people have spoken while my opponent Ben Higgins ran an effective campaign he's a worthy opponent it's clear what the tier ones want they want down and dirty they don't want fancy they want burgers and fries not farm to table we are the salt of the earth the every man and every woman and I promise as tier one commander-in-chief to swear, as FCC regulations allow and don't allow when not on the air, to be true to myself and to you and to always, always encourage a large Padres payroll to bring parades to San Diego. Flags fly forever, as does my love for the Tier Ones who make this show possible and who have, in a fair and decisive election, named me your Tier One Commander-in-Chief. You don't
2: punish your political enemies,
4: do you? punish my political enemies yeah. no
2: never okay good no
4: never i now, mean, read some liners please
2: <laughs> our Ben and woods is brought to you sir <laughs> by senior grubbies in downtown Carlsbad and oceanside sir check out their daily happy hour from three to six hashtag eat eatgrubbies and eat uh, your excellency thank you still just a man
4: though getting texts from my wife panicked we have a very sick child at home I don't know what to do. I've got to go to work. So, as uh, Tier One Commander in Chief, I'm going to take the rest of the day off.
2: I'll see you guys later. Oh wow! This yeah. is it uh, already set. To exec- take some extra vacation. Executive that. Order. Isn't that what lost the election for me at- in the first place? Executive out of here at nine.
4: Oh yeah, hundred percent. You guys have nine to ten from the now hypocrisy.
2: on. Hypocrisy. I mean, he hammers me in his
3: attack over... I got some very important uh,
2: business. Taking too many vacations, and now what is he going to do? He's going to abdicate his post as oh. soon as getting elected. It's funny that you would think caring for a two-year-old, very sick child,
4: would be considered a vacation. It's the I'd rather be. I'll I'll stay to do Coach's show. I don't have to uh, pull that duty today. Uh, yeah, so I don't know what the deal is with
2: him, but she's a little
4: panicked at home, so we'll see what happens.
2: Ugh. Fun time last night, uh, Woods and I got invited to speak to the Scripps Ranch Old Pros. So fun. And uh, by Old Pros, I'm not sure what their professional's at. It's possibly just drinking, but yeah. uh, they seem to have a whole lot of good time and put on a, just a ton of events. Uh, It was really fun. We went to Kaminsky's in Poway where they are having their monthly meeting. And uh, it was just a blast. Those guys are, they're a hoot, Woods. They are. Yeah, yeah, such kind
4: guys and funny
2: guys. And, uh,
4: you know, they they do a lot of stuff for charity and raise a lot of money. And uh, they were really cool. It was really, it was special to to go up there and speak. And they had said, you know, Trevor Hoffman had come and done a speech for them before. And people enjoyed it. Uh, From what I could tell, everyone was really friendly afterwards. They loved firing questions and and we loved giving the answers, and they embarrassed us a little bit, and we embarrassed ourselves a little bit. It was just a lot of fun.
2: They said Randy Jones was a member. He wasn't there last He was night. not there. But uh, we gave him a little bit of a hard time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, We rarely venture out into Poway, yeah. into Randy's territory, but we uh, we dipped a toe into the water of the uh, East County. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. It was a really, really good time, and uh, I, I, it
4: was so nice to be able to go out. And I, I, You know, to be honest, Benny, I never get tired of telling uh, the story of this show. I just think it's fascinating, and and how we came together, and I'll, I'll never really get tired of that. I, I I still love that story very much, and it, it just it makes no sense, but it doesn't.
2: And and that is always the question: kind of how did you come together, and how did you decide what you were going to do? And I don't know that there was ever really a decision. We just both decided let's just be sure. ourselves. Let's try it, and let's um, and then let's do a show that's based on us being ourselves. On the radio every morning. And and that means, by the way, that we don't know everything. That we're not going to pretend to know everything about every sport all the time. Yeah. We are passionate about, especially our Padres fandom. And, uh, you know, we have some opinions. And I think some informed opinions at times as well. But you said it last night. You looked out and said, you guys know just as much, really, as we do. Sure. I mean, that's, you know, and that's... I think that has always been the secret here. It's it's pretended like the radio hosts have, have some secret base of knowledge right. that we operate under that that you all don't have. And maybe we have a little more access where we get to talk to some players and coaches directly and get a little bit more insight. But for the most part, we're all operating under the same info. We watch the games like you watch the games. We form our opinions like you form your opinions. and. And and we go from there and that's you know that's all we can do with it so Well and, and
4: I think you know and I think every fan should as as your favorite game no matter what your favorite game is and there are people that listen to our show that maybe aren't even big Padres fans but they like they like you they like me they like Paulie whatever it is they, they like We the literally
3: lot- have Dodger fans. <laughs> yes
4: we do. Which, which is shocking. It to me. always shocks me and I have a few of them that are like no man I know you always rip us but I love you anyway it's fun right But I I do think that there is a – so no matter what your favorite game is, if it's baseball, basketball, football, golf, you know, try to – I have been very hungry for knowledge about the game of baseball and how it's changing and how I can understand it better. And I was funny because my dad was here last week, and my dad is an old-school baseball guy, and he still pulls the – he still pulls the – just, you know, the shift. I mean, just I just don't know why they can't just go the other way. And so we're in the car, and I'm like, Dad – it's not 1981, you know, where one guy threw above 94 miles an hour. Like, this is a different type of baseball. They're being taught a different way. You know, We, we so I, I try to be patient. As I learn, too, I don't know at all uh, by any stretch. And I get made fun of for my lack of knowledge about analytics but I'm trying I try I try to understand it saw an interesting thread yesterday about war versus B war and I'm watching people going don't look at B war my dad looks at B war and I'm like what the hell's B war and what's the difference in weighted (laughs) statistics and I'm still learning as we go uh, every single day I want information I want to know why decisions are made but at the end of the day Benny we're all watching the same game and if somebody says well Like, for example, when people said, Woodsy, why didn't we go to Hader there? I go, I have no idea. I have no idea. None. I thought we should have. And that's the beauty of baseball. There's always so many um, points you can debate.
2: By the way, we feel like, oh, we have all this information, all these statistics and and data points that we didn't have 20 years ago. And that's absolutely true. But guess what? In 20 more years, we're going to have all kinds of new data that we didn't have now. And we're going to look back at 2022 and say, "Man, we did some things backwards back in 2022 before we knew better." Right? I mean, that's that's how progress works. Oh yeah. And it works in sports as well that the 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 things that we think are the absolute best ways to maximize your efficiency, the best ways to win, we'll find even better ways in the next, you know, 20 years or so. So, you know, that's it's kind of the race to not only absorb what is working for everybody right now, but then to also be on the cutting edge of figuring out what's the next thing that's going to work for people and not always just be the follower, like, oh, these teams won the World Series, let's do what they did and, and try to copy their model. Isn't that funny? I was just going to bring that up. So
4: normally you'd look at, and you'll see this, right, and and we'll see the articles come out, and we've talked to Eno Saras. I love that we added him this season because I've learned so much from him. And he's given us a little insight, Ben, onto how the Astros have done some things. Well, their cheating scandal aside, they were massively advanced in analytics. And and Brent Strom and what he did with the pitchers early on, you know, when they did win that World Series in 2017 or whenever it was, I believe it was 2017, This, you know, learning how to spin a baseball. Now, at the time, Garrett Cole had his hands slathered with spider tech. So he was spinning the baseball more. But they were also teaching you, that you needed to spin the ball more, right? That spider tack has been around forever. Nobody in 1989 goes, if I tack up my fingers and I spin it more, I'm going to get a more effective fastball. They figured it out, all right? And the way that they train on three different machines, velo and breaking balls and this, that, and the other, it worked for them. What would have happened if the Phillies won the World Series? Because I, I don't know much about their organization, but I would, I would put my life on it that they're not as analytically advanced as the L.A. Dodgers, as the Houston Astros, and a few other teams there at the top of the list. So what happens? I mean, they made it to the World Series, seemingly defying all the odds. They got high strikeout guys that hit a lot of home runs. You know, they have they batted Bryce Harper fourth. I don't think any analytic in the world would tell you to bat Bryce Harper in the four hole. So it's weird. Like, they bucked some conventions, I think.
2: It's funny because, um, you know, I, I think there are – multiple right ways sometimes to do the same thing there's different paths to the same goal and obviously for you know an offense the goal is to maximize the number of runs you score there's different ways to do that as a team you want to take advantage of your strengths and minimize your weaknesses now for the Phillies that meant hey we've got some power hitters we really need to maximize the home run ball and we need to be swinging hard out of our shoes and you know, we may strike out a lot, but let's let's try to do some damage when we connect. But that's not going to be true for every single team. You have to find the own way to maximize your strengths and minimize your weaknesses going forward. Now, there are certain in sports, there are certain things to me that are just a hundred percent true and logical. For instance, in basketball, the three point revolution. I'm not sure why it took so long for everybody to realize. Three point baskets are worth 50% more than two point baskets. Yet, while they're harder to make, they're not that much harder to make than two pointers. You know, it's if you're shooting a 16 foot jumper for two and you're making 44% of those or you can shoot an 18-foot three-pointer and you're making 39% of those, you're going to get way more points shooting the three-pointer sure. at a slightly less percentage than the long two for a slightly higher percentage. And where are – and, Paul, you can speak to this too – where are guys most left
4: open? Out among the perimeter, right? There's less defense and a higher point value. Less defense. Yeah, yeah. every now and then a guy's on you and he knows you're a good three-point shooter. He's going to guard you. But that frees somebody else up out beyond the perimeter.
3: So there's... there's that's what made the Warriors so good. That's they, exactly they right. They figured out there was a, a shot in basketball that scored 50% more points so and go. they mastered
4: it. And they mastered it. And Steph Curry can now hit them from anywhere on the court. Yeah.
2: In baseball, I think an example is the decline of the stolen base. Back in the day... If you stole 20 bases, were only caught five times, that looks really good, right? Hey, you know, I'm getting that extra base and I'm only getting thrown out, uh, you know, a quarter of the time at most, that seems really good. But then they did the math and said, okay, but based on the, the hits that come afterwards, some of them were home runs, some of them were doubles where you already would have scored from first base. Yeah, there's one or two singles there that you get an extra run because you're standing there on second, but sometimes those were followed by other singles. Yet every time you got out, then you completely eliminated the chance of scoring on that play. And they realized, boy, you really need to be successful a much higher percentage of the time than we thought to make it worth the (laughs) risk of trying to steal the base. And once they realized that, boom, stolen bases didn't disappear, but... I mean, they're a fraction of what they used to be. We used to have guys stealing 80, 90 bases. big bases, go Over 100 stolen bases a year. Now a guy steals like 20, 25 bags. Like, we're woo! going, oh, they're speed, base runner. Speed merchants over here. No, and that's
4: that's the thing in about... You know, and, we and it's not because guys have gotten slower. No, they're faster
2: over the years. Yeah, they're faster
4: now. Catchers are better. They're more. You know, they they hold runners better than ever. And that's the thing, man. This this evolution of the game of baseball. And look, there are listeners and and fans of the game that think baseball is devolving. They do. They absolutely do. And that's absolutely, your right uh, to think that. I, I think you're wrong, but that is your right to think that. So I think as this game progresses. As we uh, try to get to the bottom of what makes a successful team. Because again, man, all of the issues that the Padres were having in... June, July, August, when every single day we had to come in here and we'd get phone calls saying, well, this Berdar guy's got to go. He's got to go. He's terrible. Now, look, you got to the playoffs. You did it on the backs of some really good starting pitching. You did it on the backs of some really good bullpen work and some timely hitting, uh, at least against the Dodgers and, and the Mets, Ben. Did... And in my mind, I'm not sitting here saying, "Well, then that means Berdar gets a pass, right? He's, his work here is done." Because that's not true. It's not true at all. So the game is is evolving. It grows. It's linear. Like it's it's gonna it's gonna It's going to continue to move. We got to we got to adjust with it.
2: And my last thought is, what kind of effect will the rule changes have? Yes, I can't wait to see them. I mean, will it be big or will it be little? Will bigger bases, you know, increase the number of stolen base attempts because you've got that extra couple of inches on both sides for bang bang plays? All of a sudden, now you're touching the base instead of getting tagged out. Will that make stolen bases, you know, more successful and thus more? Inclined teams will be more inclined to try them because it's a little bit closer. Or will it have no difference whatsoever? Will the shift make a big difference in terms of what kind of offensive strategies you employ? All of a sudden, you know, those left-handed hitters who don't have a lot of lift on the ball may become more valuable, like like an Eric Hosmer, a guy like that. Juan Soto may hit 400 with no (laughs) shift. I don't know what's going to happen next year. Or maybe it'll be a tiny difference when all is said and done. It'll be interesting to see how it changes, though. But I I don't think we can freak out about it in May, right? It's
4: small sample sizes. One thing I've learned about baseball, and I I knew it, but it really hit home this season, is it's so hard to cover a sport on a micro level when it's really a macro sport. You have to look at it from 30,000 feet. You can't one game, one loss, two losses, three losses— Guys, that's a small sample size. That doesn't mean this team is going down the the crapper. Uh, and we certainly saw a lot of resolve, and we saw a lot of uh, adjustments, and we saw some really good managing. and We saw some questionable managing. We saw some questionable play. We saw some brilliant play. Um, and I just I, – that's the thing I love the most about the game, Ben. It never feels uniform, ever. It's never uniform.
2: All right, uh, we're going to come back. Uh, there was a, a little tidbit in the latest piece on the Padres in the UT about the general manager's meetings that uh, the team is expected to part ways with Jorge Alfaro this offseason. season. curious, curious case What of what
4: Jorge happened? Alfaro. What happened? With Jorge Alfaro. Because something happened. It went south. Yeah, and we don't,
2: we don't have the answer, but we're curious – We'll get to that coming up. Uh, and then Chris Rose is going to join us at the bottom of the hour. Stay tuned. Back after a check of traffic here on 97.3 The Fan.
0: See, really down the street Ooh, down no sound the sound of his feet. Machine guns ready to go. Are you ready? Hey, are you ready for this? Are you hanging on the edge of your seat? Out of the doorway,
3: the bullets rip the of the beat, yeah. Another one bites the dust. Another one bites the
0: dust, and another one gone, and another one done, another one buys the dust, hey. Hey, don't get it, another one buys the dust. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's a little bit funny, this feeling inside. I'm not one of those who can easily hide I
4: saw the uh, stage set up money, at Petco Park on Saturday. I was there for Dia de los Deftones. They were playing in Gallagher Square. But Bo and I were down in this, uh, you know, where the, the wooden deck is by the, the sand out in Gallagher Square. Yeah. We were on the wooden deck. We looked over the fence and I was saying, and I said, Bo, look, Petco Park at night with no lights on, you see you know it looks cool and they were building elton State yeah, i mean tonight's
2: so the big elton john show
4: they had full cranes out there like it was wow. it's going to be epic if you're going tonight to petco park the rain is gone uh, Rain has moved out. You're good to go. I wish I was
3: gone. I kind of it do, too. There's a part of me that's I, like... I, I'm, there's a small part of me that's like... Don't know that I would have
4: paid what they were going for. Well, that and I, I sat... That's,
3: that can't be a cheap ticket, I right? sat really high,
4: really high for the Stones. Really, really high. And I was like, I can barely... Like, I see Mick Jagger and he's a dot. So... To get close to Elton John Paul, was going to be, you know, a right couple of paychecks. <laughs> yeah, what's the reseller's market?
3: Uh, Some two tickets on StubHub. Uh, you can get in. Okay, get me in the door. You'd be on the, you'd be, so it's that uh, corner, like you're close to the stage, section 129, right by the foul pole and right okay. field. So you're looking like side, directly at sideways, the stage, but, you're yeah. on the side, but you are close. Uh, 110 each. That's not bad. You want to sit up close? You're looking
4: at maybe on the floor,
3: four eighty-eight each. <clears throat> yeah, For service fees and everything. You're looking at five five uh, per ticket.
4: So, gee, if Ben and Woods wanted to go tonight, now I'm president. Somebody give me tickets. Isn't that how this works? You're not president
2: of everything. You're the president ah. of three people here in the morning. <laughs> really, just two. It's not. It's not really a. An influential country. I saw as it this. Were.
3: Uh, my wife pointed this out to me. I totally missed this on October third. But she goes, I wonder if Elton John is going to talk any Padres, like make any any quips about the Padres. He's a huge baseball fan. I did not know that. He, he know has that. property in Atlanta. He's a Braves fan, and this was uh, his concert. <laughs> I'm assuming in Atlanta on October third. And something that makes me very happy tonight. The Braves swept the Mets. Oh, my God. That was that
2: regular season series when they pretty much wrapped up yeah, the division. Yeah, yeah right I find it
4: so interesting that Alex Anthopoulos is able to sign everyone. It's such a <laughs> unique discount. This is fantastic. Anyway, his Saturday nights I right for five. I'm
2: fascinated. How did, how did Elton John become a big baseball fan? You figure soccer, England, yeah, cricket. cricket, something like that. But baseball, I love is, it. you don't see that a lot. Never judge a book
4: yeah. by its cover. Because if you p- put him in a lineup and said, pick the non-baseball fan, I'd say, that guy right there is the non-baseball fan. What a stud he is, too, man. His uh,
3: stage banter would be like trying to mix in Padres talk and setting up all his songs. How,
4: in, in God's name, how do you leave Josh Hayden? He's having to pitch to
2: three days. <laughs> he kind of has a bit of a, a a woodsy arc to him as well. Elton kinda had his wild
3: oh, yeah. Manny and the Jets. <laughs> Manny and the Jets. He
2: had his wild period oh, yeah. where he got in some trouble and Very things wild. didn't look good. He look looked like maybe a messy end and then he kind of has turned into more of a Kind of a family sort of straightened it out, man. Yeah. Straightened and, it out. And this kind of really re evaluated and reinvented himself here for his late stage career. And
4: is still going massively strong, playing, you know, huge, huge baseball stadiums. Put him in the City Connect hat tonight and just let it absolutely <laughs> flow up there. I now damn it, Paul, you played that and I love that song. Now fun. I'm sitting here going, All right, I'm gonna let me i am I'm gonna pull up a little bit of vamp for a second, newsman. Oh
2: God! Are you freezing? I don't know what <laughs> to say. He just froze. We were going to talk about Jorge Alfaro, but I feel we like are. I don't want to change will. the topic. We will. I don't have a lot more to say about Elton John. I. This is my favorite Elton John song. Such a good song. All right, here we go. I got a set This list is for the you. title of the kind of the tour. It's the good goodbye yellow yellow brick
4: road. Oh, found, bro, previous, this
3: kicks ass. Previous set yes yeah. from the tour.
4: Not to. Uh, if you don't want a spoiler, then. I guess turn us down, but I don't want to tell you to do that. Benny and the Jets is your opener. Philadelphia Freedom. I guess why that's why they call it the blues. Border Song. Tiny Dancer. Have Mercy on the Criminal Rocket Man. Take Me to the Pilot. Someone Saved My Life Tonight. Leave On. Great song. Then you go get a beer for Candle in the Wind. Take a leak. <laughs> Come Back for a Funeral for a Friend. Burn Down the Mission. I don't know that you can play that in San Diego. Sad Song Say So Much. Sorry seems to be the hardest word. Don't let the sun go down on me. The bitch is back. I'm still standing. Crocodile Rock. Saturday night's all right for fighting. The encore is Cold Heart, your song, and goodbye, Yellow Brick Road. Finish it off with the title of the tour. That's a banger, banger of a set list.
3: So he, uh, no opening act. They doubt like, you know, no before you go kind of information, traffic and all that, where to park. And he said, gates open, I think, at 6. Elton takes the stage promptly at 8 o'clock. There is no opening act. Fantastic. I like that a lot. I like
4: that a lot. That's really, (laughs) really good. Well, if you're going tonight, uh, send us some pics at Ben & Woods. Maybe record a little video. Call in tomorrow to talk about it. I'm sure he's going to slay. Guy's a pro. Have fun.
2: Speaking of slaying, Chris Rose always slays when he comes on our program. We'll hold off on a Jorge Alfaro talk and... Get ready for Chris Rose, John Boy Media, NFL Network. Checking in with Ben and Woods. That is coming up momentarily. Just a reminder, you can tune in. Speaking of the NFL, to kick off with Boomer and Valenti, Saturday mornings at 7 a.m., it's Boomer and it's Mike Valenti, previewing all the NFL games right here on The Fan. Saturday mornings, all right, for For Boomer Boomer and Valenti. Valenti Yeah, it really is. On 97.3 The Fan. like the skies are clearing up here in san diego hopefully that means the uh, roadways are looking better we got chris that rose That was
3: absurd last yeah night. that
2: was uh it was definitely coming down hard while i was driving around very uh it'd be very dangerous but much better this morning uh, we got chris rose standing by we'll get to him right after checking traffic here on 97.3 the fan and out we go to our premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline, joined by Chris Rose, Kevin baseball, John Boy Media, NFL Network as well. Chris, it's good to have you back on with Ben and Woods here in San Diego. Good morning to you.
5: Good morning, guys. How are you?
2: Doing well, man. Doing well. Wondering
4: what your... Uh, off season looks like for baseball cuz i know you go you go headlong into football but you're a you're a baseball guy you talk to the the players you have them on the Chris Rose rotation which is a, a great great podcast that you do do you do you get a chance to connect with the guys in the off season
5: oh yeah oh, yeah okay. i mean yeah no, it's a it's year round thing so um you know we don't do as many episodes we i think we cut down from twice a week on the rose rotation to once a week we still do Baseball Today, which is the uh, daily podcast I do with Trevor Pluth during the season. Uh, that goes probably three days a week or so in the off season. So we're still, you know, we're still turning out the content. That never stops.
2: So, Chris, we haven't talked to you since before the Padres went on yep. their run. I want to get your thoughts on the, them taking down the Dodgers, ultimately falling to the, the Phillies there, and just your impressions of uh, the National League playoffs, what you
5: saw. Well, I thought it was a great run for them. You know, it's a big step for them to be able to dismiss the Dodgers in, in four. Um, it certainly has gotten a lot of people talking because three of the four teams that had a bye, well, I take that back. I guess just two of the four, the two in the nationally, um, the Dodgers and Braves that had the bye, you know, they were ousted in four games. And so people are saying, well, it's not a true measuring stick, um, all that sort of stuff. Well, Padres shouldn't have to apologize for anything. You know, they – won a nice series uh they moved all the way to the national league championship series and they did this all presumably without their most talented player so i thought that was great um i'm not here to harp on the decisions that were made in game five uh we've done that already done that. Don't worry. yeah yeah yeah, yeah i it. think we're probably we're probably good there <laughs> we're probably good there so let's leave it right there there we go there's I'll, Slam on the brakes right here. Nah, I mean it's. You, you know, said it
4: without saying it. Yeah, I said it without saying <laughs> it. We know, you know, we know, we know, We we spent a week on it. You know, after it happened, Chris. And uh, but give, you're Indians, man. I mean, we talked to you early. Guardians. in this, Guardians. Guar, sorry, I do that every time. It's I'm never going to use it. The Guardians. God. Um, we talked to you early in the season, and you know, we had the the J Ram trade potential, and I know AJ Preller was very interested in J Ram, and you know, you you. As an Indians, God bless. As a Guardians fan, you were um, kind of on the fence about how the season was going to go. You also had to feel pretty good about how the season went.
5: Yeah. Well, I'm going to have to send you some Guardians gear now. Yes. I mean I just, I think this is the way. This is how we'll learn. It'll be fine. Yeah. I mean, uh, by the way, no, no biggie. You, you had people messing that up constantly. Um, they were a great story. Maybe, maybe the best story of the year, to be honest with you. Um, they have the, not only the youngest team in baseball, but on average, they were even younger than almost every triple A team. So that was pretty impressive. And they provided a lot of joy. Did it stink that they had a two, one series lead against the Yankees and couldn't close it out? Yeah. But I mean, listen, they had to go against Garrett Cole in game four and then game five, anything can happen and did happen. And, um, you know, they don't, they're going to have to reconstruct their team a little bit differently. I think moving forward, if they want to try and get past teams like the Yankees and the Astros in the American league, but um, they were a ton of fun to watch. You know, Austin Hedges, the former Padre was one of our regulars on the Rose rotation. And he just said the way this team acted and came together behind the scenes was unlike anything he had been a part of. And I just think it's nice when it's city it can rally around a team like that and just feel good about, Product that they're putting out on the field, there just weren't there weren't a lot of down moments with this squad, and I thought that was really cool.
2: Chris, uh, we get the GM meetings going on in Vegas right now. The winter yep. meetings will be here in San Diego in just a few weeks. We're looking forward to that. Manny Machado, when the Padres played the Phillies, had I thought some interesting comments. He he talked about when he and Bryce Harper both signed They waited until pretty much mid late February before signing their deals, and he said that's not good for baseball. As you look at this off season, how do you see some of the big free agent dominoes like like Jacob deGrom and Carlos Correa? Are we going to have to wait again until you know the eve of spring training or even after camps open to see some of these big signings? Because it really slows everything else down. It's hard to make other moves when you don't know where the big names are headed.
5: I don't know why it is in this sport more so than the other ones. It's so interesting, right? I cover the NFL free agency when it happens in March. It happens about five weeks before the draft does, right? And the biggest names are changing teams within minutes after the new um, league year starts. Yeah, same thing in basketball. It's yep. like exactly mis- suspiciously suspiciously suspicious, so. So. Yeah. right? But and you know what happens? It creates drama. It creates interest. I mean, wouldn't it be nice if, um, let's say, a big name signed in mid-November in baseball? and you could actually sell those jerseys in time for the holiday season. Right. Wow, what an idea. That's, I mean, amazing. Peak kids' interests with their team. It just is so ridiculous. They're so backwards in baseball. It pisses me off. It's the sort of stuff that you couldn't say when I worked at MLB Network, but it, it's the truth. It's it's, a total reactionary sport. Um,
2: well, you could. You just have to blame the agents. <laughs> Yeah, exactly.
5: Yeah, I mean, I understand that that's part of it, too. But you know what I would do? I would put a two-week freeze on everything from December 20th until January 5th, or however you want to do it. Nothing. No business can be done. Everybody takes some time off. We'll call it. We'll relax. So y'all better get stuff done before then. Now, it doesn't mean it's all going to get done, but there it would be nice if there were some big signings ahead of time. And I know we're talking about people's lives and stuff, and, you know, how they make their money. But if we're talking about a sport which is trying to garner more interest in it, I think we have to t- take a look at how we do the off season as well, to be honest with you.
4: Yes, it does feel sometimes a little bit too methodical. It does. And, it, and you know, a guy like uh, – Everything so in the sport
5: is overthought.
4: Overthought. Everything. Yes, that's the word I was going to say. It's, it's overthought. And it's – you know, look, Aaron Judge right now in his mind – he knows the three teams that he wants to play for. He knows. You think about it. As soon as the season ends, your season's over. He knows, yeah, San Francisco could be interesting. Obviously, staying in New York could be interesting. What would it be like to see me in a Red Sox uniform or a Dodger uniform? He's, he knows. He's thought about it. He's talked to other players. I, I, I'm i with you. I don't know why it drags out. Some of those big names, though, I mean, you know, you look at your Guardians. Don't know how active they're going to be free agent. We don't know how active the Padres are going to be in free agency. We expect you know, they're going to spend some money because they do have some holes to fill but yeah. it's probably going to end up being the the usual suspects with i think the giants being a sneaky one coming in and maybe going hard after an Aaron
5: judge yeah it's possible i mean we've heard uh farhan zaidi say that when they're ready they're going to open those pocketbooks and, and they've always been a franchise that would spend but it's Interesting, right? A couple of years ago, when Harper was a free agent, you had heard that they had offered like a three or four year deal with a massive AAV. But they knew that wasn't going to get it done for a guy like Bryce Harper. What if you were going to pay him four years and one hundred and sixty million? You think he was going to take that? Of course, he wasn't. So um, they weren't serious back then. We'll see where they are now because they weren't a hundred and seven win team like they were in twenty twenty one. But last year, what were they five hundred? You know. It, it, they want to at least get back somewhere in the middle where if you make it to the playoffs, as we realize this year, sometimes that can just be good enough. Um, you know, and then you can go on a run then. Um, so we'll see. And as far as the Padres go, yeah, I mean, they're, they've got, they've got holes to fill in that rotation. They do. They they have to start thinking, right. Darvish is headed in the last year, his contract, I believe, um, you know, we know that Clevenger and Mania, who were not what they expected to be when they traded for them, are probably not going to be a part of this team moving forward, and they just got rid of their top-pitching prospect in, in the Soto deal. So there's a lot of work to do, in my opinion.
2: Chris, uh, let's uh, talk a little football for a second. A story that we haven't gotten a ton into, but I think is fascinating, is the Indianapolis Colts coaching switch yeah. to Jeff Saturday. It's such a sport where... It's always the hot coordinator, the guy who's you know risen up through the ranks that gets the job. And and to pick a guy just completely from the outside in with no coaching experience, I don't know if this is absolutely nuts or maybe stroke a genius from well, Jim Irsay. I mean, the guy that's calling plays. They neither of them have ever called yeah. plays in an NFL game. What before. what are you seeing here with the Colts? Because it's fascinating either way.
5: I guess fascinating is a good word for it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, it feels like a rejected Saturday Night Saturday Night Live skit. It does. Really. I mean, like somebody came up with it and they're like, yeah, even this one's too far-fetched for us to air Saturday night during our 90-minute show. Um, I, I can't believe it. I cannot believe that this franchise, which a couple of years ago I thought could have gone on a really nice playoff run when Phillip Rivers was there, Cause that was a really good defense, good tackling team. I felt like rivers was going to give them enough offensively, but now they just feel like they're a complete mess. They're all over the place. Uh, they have not figured out the most important position in sports. I mean, for you to go six straight years with different starting quarterbacks week one, like that's insane. Um, I mean, the fact, the fact they're playing Sam Ellinger instead of Nick Foles, I, I don't get that. If you're trying to win games, like it just, none of it makes sense. And now you're bringing in a guy who I get it was a really good player. But he's a high, high school coach. Like, how is that going to play? It, it, to me, it's the two most interesting aspects of this, how's it playing in the locker room? And more importantly, how's it playing with the coaches on the staff? Right. Like all those guys, for people that don't understand NFL assistants are true grinders, like they're moving every couple of years. they're uprooting their families, you know, trying to get a shot at a coordinator's job or eventually a head coaching job and you know Jeff Saturday seems like a nice guy who knows what he's talking about, but then he knows how to be a head coach. I don't know
2: it's a great it's po- you know it's a great point, Chris because think about whatever business you're in driving to work this morning, uh, whether you're in construction. Whether you're in sales, you go into your work and you've been there for a while and you're grinding and you're working and they bring in someone, maybe the nicest guy in the world. But if you know that they don't really know what's going on and, and, and how the game is played it's you're not going to give that person a lot of respect coming into the building it's just it's just not going to happen it happens all
4: the time in every industry and it sucks every it's happened to me before and you look at it and you go what are you thinking like what what are you thinking uh, in, in this and now you're asking me um you know to rally around this person it doesn't make it doesn't make a lot of sense at all and again i think there's a lot more hurt feelings uh, in Indianapolis, from the guys that were already on staff, and I know uh, Jim Harshay has already come out and said, "Well, we're not tanking. That's not what we do in Indianapolis." Uh-huh. And I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> if this isn't tanking, I don't, I don't really know what is. But you know, if sports has taught us one thing, Chris, watch Jeff <laughs> Saturday win his first five games. I mean, it's just stupid. Right. It Doesn't make any sense. And they rally around him and get a worse draft pick, which is is definitely feasible.
5: Yeah, I'll say two things about this. One is that if they just wanted to tank, just keep rolling Sam Ellinger out there. Yep. They're, they're doing just fine in that neighborhood. Um, number two, the only other time I can remember something like this happening is with Aaron Boone. right? Aaron Boone was Sunday Night Baseball, uh, had not managed, had not coached, I don't believe, at any level before the Yankees picked him to succeed Joe Girardi. And he's done pretty well now you know baseball is a different sport than the nfl we know that um we're not calling plays in baseball right right we're not trying we're not trying to scheme to stop patrick mahomes on a given week defensively so it's a different thing he has had the respect though of the yankees um players you really haven't heard much negativity about aaron Boone from that side of things there are people that are questioning his moves and why haven't they gotten to the World Series and all that sort of stuff? That's fine. But in general, right, there hasn't been massive upheaval out of that clubhouse that we have heard. So who knows how the players are going to react to the Jeff Saturday deal, but it is bizarre. It is bizarre.
4: Talking to our pal Chris Rose here on Ben and Woods this morning. Before we let you go, give me your just uh, off the off the cuff, your quick picks for uh, National League MVP and uh, American League MVP.
5: I think Judge wins it um, over Otani. Although, I mean, I'm sorry, I would keep voting Otani. I would too. I just I, I just, I think people are underappreciating him, and I don't understand it. Uh, in the National League, I think that I think Goldschmidt did enough and was remarkably consistent enough to uh, walk away that with that award for
2: the first time.
4: Yeah, we're rooting hard for Manny, obviously. Um, it, yeah. is, it is weird seeing two Cardinals and one Padre, and then yeah. for the, the logical brain tells you, oh, well, then clearly one guy was more valuable because he didn't have the other guy next to him. And uh, I yeah. know it doesn't work that way uh, at all, and we're fully expecting Paul Goldschmidt to win it as well, as much as we want Manny to win it. So yeah. Yo, I think-
5: and by the way, I would have, if Manny Machado wins it, I could totally understand why. Yeah. Um, I think the one thing that's a slight drawback is that it's, even though the Padres finished fifth overall in the national league, it still feels like they underachieved. And I don't think it's fair because they did it all with out. Yeah. And a lot of, interesting stuff that happened with their pitching staff, which was supposed to be their strong suit. Yeah, it's why so, we also
2: think Bob Melvin got a little bit snubbed not even being a finalist or manager of the year. Sure. He had so much to overcome during this season yeah. that other managers didn't necessarily have.
5: Yeah, I would. I, I understand that, but I would – I mean, I look, Dave Roberts got the Dodgers to 111 wins when they had a lot of injury issues. True. It's true. Uh, Buck got them to 101 wins, really changed the culture there. Snickers, the one where I would have said, okay – you know, he still, we expected the Braves to still be great. And True. I thought Rob, I thought Rob Thompson of the Phillies got screwed too. I mean, he took over a sub 500 team and got him to the playoffs. Yeah. If, I mean, uh, if they did
2: the vote now, it would be Thompson one, probably Melvin two, you know, but you do it at the end of the regular season. Right. So,
5: yeah. Right. Yep. But there you go. I mean, with all that being said, I, I think Padres are playing in the right direction. I'll be curious to see what they do over the next coming weeks and months.
2: All right, someone wants a walker to be fed, so we'll let you go, I mean Thank you. Is
5: that, is that incredible? <laughs> Actually, that's not my dog. That's my son. He's just—he's uh, really grouchy in the morning.
2: Thanks, Chris. Good talking as always. But Chris Rose, uh, NFL Network, John Boy Media, the Rose Rotation, and again, as he told you, Woods, that's going to continue on during the off-season weekly, uh, plus the daily, uh, Trevor Plouffe. Uh, that guy works almost as much as I do. He's beastly, man. Yeah, he's beastly. Good he's stuff. like you, but with better guests. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff uh, on our Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline. Save money the right way with Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad. Visit them today in the Carlsbad Auto Mall. Chevrolet, find new roads. And with that, we've reached the end of hour number three of Ben and Woods this morning. Of course, if you missed any of our uh, earlier content, because, you know, always the great content. Content. Uh, you can catch it all again, the free Odyssey app, download podcast, which includes, like, when I say a podcast, it, you're not necessarily having to listen to one of our 19 million NFL podcasts. You could podcast the first hour of this show, like you get up at 7, you miss the first yeah, hour, you go back go and go listen. Back podcast the first hour we Listen need a to new it. name for what that is called. yeah it's it's confusing yeah, it is it is confusing they're not there's segments of the shows they're interviews there's on demand on demand on demand yeah
4: like hey did you guys podcast the f- no we do a radio show no, no 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 the podcast is it up no no we don't do a podcast we do a radio show it's hard there needs to be another
2: word i know that for most people don't really care well what's the difference you're talking about stuff right and- it, to us, though, it's important. It is important. We do a radio show, not a podcast. That's exactly right. It's different. It's professional broadcast. We also Perfect. do some Rital Report headlines. Polly coming up next
0: on Ben & Woods. Don't go anywhere. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road.